Hello, people of the way. If you have your Bible, please open up to Numbers chapter 7. And here in Numbers chapter 7, there is going to be some repetition. It's kind of long, but it might not go so long. It might not be so long because uh, since there's this repetition, uh, I'm not going to, you know, sometimes you'll hear teachers, they'll say, oh, I'm going to skip this because it's just repetition. But I'm going to read it because I'm going to stand before the Lord one day and I want to tell him, Lord, I'm going to worship him, but I want to tell him, Lord, you know, I gave your people I, I gave them your word, Old Testament and New Testament, word for word, you know, line upon line, precept upon precept. That's what I gave your people. And so in this passage, rather than say, oh, we're just going to skip this because it's all repetition. I'm going to read it. And you're going to see these, you see the obedience of the leadership of the tribes of Judah, uh, Issachar, Zebulun, Reuben, Simeon, Gad, Ephraim, Manasseh, Benjamin, Dan, Asher, Naphtali. And you're going to see the obedience of leadership. But there is a lot of repetition in what is offered. And you're going to see that and you're going to understand that. But I'm still going to read it and I'm just going to go through it and we're going to read it. There's going to be probably very little commentary. There might be, we'll see how it goes, but there might be some commentary. I tend to comment on, you know, certain things, you know, as the spirit leads. But here in chapter seven, it's so beautiful to see because you see a picture of leadership. Leadership, you know, and you see in chapter seven, the book of Numbers, verse one. It says, now it came to pass when Moses had finished setting up the tabernacle that he anointed it and consecrated it and all its furnishings and the altar and all its utensils. So he anointed them and consecrated them. Then the leaders of Israel, the heads of their father's houses, who were the leaders of the tribes and over those who were numbered, made an offering. It's so beautiful when you see this leadership. Because now it's them that's making an offering. And it's beautiful to see because, you know, we live in a very, um, um, how do I say this? Like, you know, we have political leaders. And you have political leaders that do not honor the Lord. They do not love the Lord. They do not fear the Lord. They say they do, but you look at their acts, you look at their fruit, and there's no love nor fear of the Lord. You see, hypocrisy. You have governments who have gone astray. Governments who have gone into crazy town. You know, and I teach from America, you know, but, you know, but you have in other governments in the world, sometimes there's a heavy handed government upon its people, upon its citizenry. But here in, in Numbers 7, you see something beautiful. You see leadership, the, the leadership of these tribes. They themselves honor the Lord. You know, we have examples of a defunct government and sometimes it's very local. And then you have examples of governments that do honor the Lord. And it's beautiful when you see it happen. But here, look what we see here. You see this offering that are made by the leaders of the tribes in verse 3. And they brought their offering before the Lord. Six covered carts and twelve oxen. A cart for every two of the leaders and for, for each one an ox. And they presented them before the tabernacle. Remember when we started Leviticus and I said, you know, the rich people, they gave their ox a sacrifice. But poor people, they'd give like a little turtle dove. But here, these leaders, they're giving like ox. They're giving, you know, a lot of animals. It's a lot of what's being offered here. And so you see, it's so beautiful because you see they're prepping for future service of the people, future offerings of the people. And you're going to see that. We're going to explain that more as we continue. He says this in verse 4, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, 
accept these these from them. You see, God is guiding Moses. You know, with, with what to do. He gave them the gave Moses the blueprints. Moses was faithful and obedient. Moses is building. He has done all these things. He's given the instruction, and now the Lord is giving. Hey, accept these from them. Accept their offering. God is guiding. You know, where God guides, God provides. Never forget that. And provision has nothing to do with money. But where God guides, God provides. He says, accept these from them that they may be used in doing the work of the tabernacle of meeting. And you shall give them to the Levites, to every man according to his service. So Moses took the carts and the oxen and gave them to the Levites. Two carts and four oxen he gave to the sons of Gershon, according to their service. Now remember, in chapter 3, we see that the, uh, the, the Levitical priesthood, they have a special section in the camp, kind of like the inner section, which is, uh, uh, there's a little gap between the tribes of Israel, the 12 tribes. And in this little gap, you see the, the, this, uh, uh, in chapter 3, you see on the west side is Gershon. And he says here in verse 7, according to their service. And four carts and eight oxen he gave to the sons of Marari. Marari, in accordance with chapter 3, you see Marari is on the north side, according to their service, under the authority of Ithamar, the son of Aaron, the priest. But the sons of Kohath, chapter 3, it's revealed that they're on the south side. To the sons of Kohath he gave none, because theirs was the service of the holy things which they carried on their shoulders. Very interesting, you see, Gershon on the west side, Merari on the north side, Kohath on the south side. Well, what happens on the east side? Well, on the east side is where you have Moses, Aaron, and his sons, the Kohanim, a very, very special priesthood on the east, which is why Jesus Christ, on the, in the triumphal entry, he entered on the east. <coughs> Excuse me. He entered from the east. Remember, he's at the Garden of Gethsemane, and he goes down the hill, the Kidron Valley comes up, and he enters. That's on the east side. And when he comes again, he will also come on the east side. That's why uh, Soleimani, what he did is he built the, they had the temple gates right there, this big big uh, opening in the wall, they called the temple gate. And in this gate, this doorway, he put brick there because he knew the prophecies, and he wanted to prevent the second coming of Jesus Christ, the Messiah of Israel. He says, okay, we're going to prevent him from coming. So let's put big old bricks here and let's, build, let's, let's cover this hole, this doorway to prevent him from, to prevent the fulfillment of the prophecy coming from the east side. Now, some people say, they say when Jesus comes, he's going to come and those, he's just going to blow the walls open, blow that blockade open. Me personally, I don't think he's going to do that. Because if you look on the north side of the eastern wall, on the north side, there's a little door there. I think he's just going to come and just walk through the door, you know, because there's a door there. It's not the big old, you know, thing that Soleimani covered to prevent the Messiah. I just think Jesus Christ is going to come and go through the doorway. <laughs> it's like on the north side of the eastern wall. So a little side commentary there. Maybe there will be some commentary as we go. And so the uh, Kohath, you know, he gave none. But to the sons of Kohath, he gave none because theirs was the service of the holy things which they carried on their shoulders. Now the leaders offered the dedication offering for the altar when it was anointed. So the leaders offered their offering before the altar. Very interesting here. The leaders offered their offering before the altar. You see this sacrifice of leadership. Israel are the benefactors. It's all unto the Lord, but Israel are the benefactors. 
And remember verse 5, that they may be used in doing the work of the tabernacle of meeting. And the Lord tells them, accept these from them. Accept these from them. You see? The Lord is directing. The Lord is guiding. And it's so beautiful to see because the Lord is saying, not just accept these from them, but they're going to be used in the work of the tabernacle of meeting. What is the work of the tabernacle of meeting? Remember, the whole purpose is for people to be right with the Lord. For sin to be atoned for, for people to be at peace with the Lord. And so you see in verse 10, the leaders offered their offering before the altar. This is an example of beautiful leadership. They honor the Lord, they fear the Lord, they love the Lord, and then at the same time, their offering, it's unto the Lord, but the benefactors are the people, the camp of Israel. This is an example of beautiful government. Beautiful, beautiful government, the government leaders, the tribal leaders, and what they're doing, they're being obedient to the Lord, as Moses said, you know, thus saith the Lord, this is what the Lord desires. And you know how, you know how when we uh, taught about Aaron and I said, you know, I don't want to reflect on the past, but remember the golden calf, how he fashioned these things. Now look, he's the high priest. And I don't want to, you know, go to the past and, you know, like, wow, look how dare Aaron do this, how dare Aaron do that. But look at him, what he's doing here. He's the high priest. But then at the same time, what about these leaders? Aaron wasn't alone with the golden calf. I wonder what these leaders were doing at the golden calf. And not to bring about shame of the past, but it's, it's, it is shameful. But that's what's so beautiful about repentance. And that's what's so beautiful about God's mercy. What about your past? What is it that's in your past that brings shame? No, turn the token around. Let it glor glorify the Lord. Because of the work of His hands, what He can do. What he can do with any mess that we cause. That's when testimonies are beautiful. I mean, have you ever listened to like a drug dealer's testimony, former drug dealer? And they're like, yeah, you know, I used to be in the gangs. I used to do this. And, you know, I used to sell this on the streets. And now they're a Christian. And they tell you their testimony. And you can't believe it. You're like, well, you're like the most docile guy I know. And, you know, this is your testimony. Or you talk to former prostitutes, and it's like, whoa, the Lord did that. Oh, it's so incredible. It's so insane. Wow, praise be to the Lord. You're my sister. You're my brother. And it's so cool when you see it like that, because what about these leaders? Yes, they're leaders now, but you know what? They were at the golden calf too. The beauty of repentance, the beauty of mercy, the beauty of grace, the beauty of God's love. And now in obedience, they're doing these things. They're making their offerings. And in doing so, it's like that they may be used for the work in the tabernacle of meeting. The Lord is telling Moses, Moses, accept these offerings from them in verse 5. In verse 11, for the Lord said to Moses, they shall offer their offering one liter each day for the dedication of the altar. And so here's where we kick off. And it's like in verse 12, it's the tribe of Judah. And we're going to continue on. It's all offerings unto the Lord. In verse 12. And to the one he offered his offering on the first day was Nashon, the son of Aminadab, 
from the tribe of Judah. His offering was one silver platter, the weight of which was 130 shekels, and one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering. And when we studied, remember, we studied in Leviticus, we looked at the grain offering, the burnt offering, the sin offering, the peace offering. We see the purpose the shadow as uh, uh, new covenant believers, we see Christ in all those offerings. And now we see like the grouping of these offerings, what was offered by Nashon of the tribe of Judah. And here you see at the end of verse 13, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering. One gold pan of 10 shekels full of incense, one young bull, one ram and one male lamb in its first year as a burnt offering one kid of the goats as a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of the peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs in their first year. This was the offering of Nashon, of the son of Aminadab. Verse 18, On the second day, Nathanel, the son of Zuar, leader of Issachar, presented an offering. For his offering, he offered one silver platter, the weight of which was 130 shekels, and one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering, one gold pan of 10 shekels full of incense, one young bull, one ram, and one male lamb in its first year as a burnt offering, one kid of the goats as a sin offering, and as the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs in their first year. This was the offering of Nethanel, the son of Zuar. Verse 24, on the third day, Eliab, the son of Helon, leader of the children of Zebulun, presented an offering. His offering was one silver platter, the weight of which was 130 shekels, and one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering, one gold pan of 10 shekels full of incense, one young bull, one ram, and one male lamb in its first year as a burnt offering, one kid of the goats as a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs in their first year. This was the offering of Eliab, the son of Helon. On the fourth day, Eliezer, the son of Shedir, leader of the children of Reuben, presented an offering. His offering was one silver platter, the weight of which was 130 shekels, and one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering, one gold pan of 10 shekels full of incense, one young bull, one ram, and one male lamb in its first year as a burnt offering, one kid of the goats as a sin offering, and as the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs in their first year. This was the offering of Elizur, the son of Shedir. Verse 36, on the fifth day, Shalumiel, the son of Zerushadai, leader of the children of Simeon, presented an offering. His offering was one silver platter, the weight of which was 130 shekels, and one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering, one gold pan of 10 shekels full of incense, 
one young bull, one ram, and one male lamb in its first year as a burnt offering, and one kid of the goats as a sin offering, and the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs in their first year. This was the offering of, of Shelumiel, the son of Zerushadai. You know, it's so beautiful as we read on, you see these, it's the, off the grain, the burnt, the sin, and the peace offerings, All, everything. It's so beautiful to see. And this is from leadership. It's not from the, it's from the people, but it's the leadership element. And it's so beautiful to see because you not only see obedience, you know, leadership by example, but you see that their sacrifice, when the Lord says, you know, that these are in verse 5, that accept these from them, that they may be used in, in, in doing the work of the tabernacle of meeting. You see, the sacrifice of leadership is helping the people. You know, not a sore on the people, not on, on you know, like uh, uh, the, the, the people are slaves. No, the people are free. The people are the exodus from Egypt. And you see their leadership, the tribal leaders. It's so beautiful to see. You know, and I had I was reading this, you know, this article and, you know, it's like, you know, these in, in Congress, they come up with this thing, you know, oh, we're, we're going to I speak from the United States. You know, every had this COVID shutdown, you know, and it's like, oh, we're going to give the people $600. That's their stimulus, $600. And it's almost like a slap in the face. I'm not a socialist. I'm not a communist. But it's almost like a slap in the face. Because you have these politicians, they get paid their salaries like, you know, 150000 you know. Some of the new ones, they get 120 It's on the, you know, on the scale of what the, the, the ones have been in there forever. They make all this money. They get, they're getting paid. They're getting their steady paychecks. And they fight and they argue. And, you know, what do they give the people? $600. And I'm not a socialist. But there's a lot of people who are out of work. There's a, a lot of people, businesses that are shutting down. Business owners who are hurting their, their uh, employees that are hurting. You know, businesses that are becoming more meager and meager and meager. And, like, you know, you see the skin on their bones. You see their bones. And people getting fired from work, layoffs happening. And for a $600 check from these so-called fat cats who, you know, are doing the, uh, the helping the people. You know, and it, it just blows me away. And this is, I'm just talking salary. You know, what they make in their real money, their investments, what they make in their trades, what they make in corruption, what they make in their dirty. Like there was a congressman a couple, a couple years ago. He was uh, arrested because he had $90,000 in cash in his freezer. He had a freezer in his garage. The feds came and raided him. They checked the fridge, and inside the freezer, they had all these, you know, bills, cash, $90,000 cash. And he had spent a lot of it. That was, you know, that's just what they found. Who knows who's paid under the table? Who knows who's, you know, doing the work of foreign governments? I don't want to get conspiratorial, but it happens. You know, we're, when I say $120,000, 150000 that's just their salary. Taxpayer funded. You know, but their investments, what they do in insider trading, the only form of legalized insider trading, you have to be a politician for that. Legalized insider trading. You know, you make on the, you're on these, you know, intelligence meetings, you know, foreign intelligence, you get, you get like these uh, briefings on, you know, what's, what's coming down the pike, you know, good or bad, it doesn't matter. You talk to your stockbroker and you say, okay, well, we're going to do this. I know that this is coming down the pike. So here, I'm going to put all my money here. I'm going to take out my money here. And it's boom, you're padding your accounts. Legalized insider training. You have to be an elected official for that. 
So much corruption. I speak from the United States, you know, it's worse in other places, but it's pretty bad over here. And it's just crazy. It just blows me away. And then you read the Bible and you see this. It's like, wow, this is like such a blessing to see this. The leadership and how they're making these offerings before the Lord. Don't forget there was the golden calf. And I don't want to harp on the past. But I only harp on the past to exemplify and make note of and to help us remember the graces and mercy and the love of our Lord. How he takes this past sin the people repent and look at what has done what, what look at what he has done and you have this beautiful form of government here yes this is the law but it's beautiful nonetheless in terms of the sacrifice of the leadership the tribal leaders how it helps the people in their own sacrifices unto the lord because of the very things that they're giving in service unto the lord and the lord tells tells moses accept this offering from them accept these things from them I mean, have you ever been in a leadership position and somebody tells you, hey, I want to do this. And you say, look, I'm sorry. No. I'm sorry. No. You know, it, it, certain situations arise when it's, you know, it's like, no, don't give. What's better is to present your body a living sacrifice. Like we talked about on Sunday in the book of Romans. So verse 42, on the sixth day, Eliezer, the son of Deuel, leader of the children of Gad, presented an offering. His offering was one silver platter, the weight of which was 130 shekels, and one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering, one gold pan of 10 shekels full of incense, one young bull, one ram, and one male lamb in its first year as a burnt offering, one kid of the goats as a sin offering, and as the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs in their first year. This was the offering of Eliezer, the son of Deuel. On the seventh day, Elishama, the son of Aminahud, leader of the children of Ephraim, Ephraim, presented an offering. His offering was one silver platter, the weight of which was 130 shekels, and one silver bowl, a silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering, one gold pan of 10 shekels full of incense, one young bull, one ram, and one male lamb in its first year as a burnt offering, one kid of the goats as a sin offering, and as the sacrifice of peace offerings, <clears throat> two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male, male lambs in their first year. This was the offering of Elishama, the son of Amihud. On the eighth day, Gamaliel, the son of Pedazur, leader of the children of Manasseh, presented an offering. His offering was one silver platter, the weight of which was 130 shekels, and one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering, one gold pan of 10 shekels full of incense, one young bull, one ram, and one male lamb in its first year as a burnt offering, one kid of the goats as a sin offering, and as the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs in their first year. This was the offering of Gamaliel, the son of Pedazur.
On the ninth day, Abidan, the son of Gideonai, leader of the children of Benjamin, presented an offering. His offering was one silver platter, the weight of which was 130 shekels, and one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering, one gold pan of 10 shekels full of incense, one young bull, one ram, and one male lamb in its first year as a burnt offering, one kid of the goats as a sin offering, and one of the one as and as the sacrifice of the peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs in their first year. This was the offering of Abidan, of the son of Gideonai. On the tenth day, Ahazer, the son of Amishadai, leader of the children of Dan, presented an offering. His offering was one silver platter, the weight of which was 130 shekels, and one silver bowl of 70 shekels according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering, one gold pan of 10 shekels full of incense, one young bull, one ram, and one male lamb in its first year as a burnt offering, one kid of the goats as a sin offering, and as the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs in their first year. This was the offering of Ahiezer, the son of Amishadai. On the eleventh day, Pegiel, the son of Okran, leader of the children of Asher, presented an offering. His offering was one silver platter, the weight of which was 130 shekels, and one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering, one gold pan of 10 shekels full of incense, one young bull, one ram, and one male lamb in its first year as a burnt offering, one kid of the goats as a sin offering, and as the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs in their first year. This was the offering of Pegiel, the son of Okran. On the twelfth day, Ahira, the son of Enan, leader of the children of Naphtali, presented an offering. His offering was one silver platter, the weight of which was 130 shekels, and one silver bowl, silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering, one gold pan of 10 shekels full of incense, one young bull, one ram, and one male lamb in its first year as a burnt offering, one kid of the goats as a sin offering, and as the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs in their first year. This was the offering of Ahira, the son of Enan. So you see what's happening here. It's so beautiful to see this leadership and the sacrifices they're making unto the Lord. But the people are the benefactors. In verse 84, this was the dedication offering for the altar from the leaders of Israel. When it was anointed, 12 silver platters, 12 silver bowls, and 12 gold pans. It's very interesting because these are items that are used in the tabernacle for service. And as you see this sacrifice of leadership unto the Lord, but then understand that it's for the advantage and you know for, the, uh, uh, for, for Israel. You know, to be used, these items to be used in the tabernacle. Yes, there's their sacrifice, but then don't forget these uh, platters that were given, you know, all these, the pans. And these are things that are going to be used in tabernacle worship. And you know, something very interesting that just blows me away so much. 
You have here of the 12 tribes, look at verse 84. When it was anointed, 12 silver platters, 12 silver bowls, and 12 gold pans. And it reminds me of something interesting we see in the New Testament. Turn with me really quick to Matthew chapter 14. In Matthew 14, verse 20, we also see something here. In Matthew 14, verse 20, So they all ate and were filled, and they took up twelve baskets full of the fragments that remained. This is when uh, 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 the multitudes ate. They fed the multitudes. Twelve baskets. Twelve baskets. You say, okay, you know, I get 12 baskets, the multitude's eight. Okay. Now let's go to chapter 15. Verse 37. You know, another multitude. So they all ate. Verse 37, chapter 15. So they all ate and were filled. And they took up seven large baskets full of frag of the fragments that were left. And I love this so much because, you know, here we have a picture in, in chapter 14, verse 20. 12 baskets. For 12 tribes of Israel. And here in chapter 14, we have the seven baskets for the seven churches. You see, these baskets as vessels, just as we see in our passage here, in our passage in our study in Numbers. You see these 12 silver platters, 12 silver in chapter uh, uh, 7, number 7, verse 84, 12 silver platters, 12 silver, silver, silver bowls, and 12 gold pans. But then at the same time, Jesus Christ, you see something also. You see humble vessels, baskets. Humble vessels, which are baskets. You see, 12 for Israel, 12 for the tribes, and then 7 for the churches. You know, it's so beautiful to see when you understand the Old Testament, and then you understand the Old Testament, you read the New Testament, and you're like, wait a second, that kind of reminds me of this. And you read, and it's like, wow, it's so cool what the Lord can do. And don't forget that in these baskets, remember Jesus Christ as the offering, offering of the Lord, offering of our Father in heaven. He is the sacrificial lamb. Jesus Christ as the sacrificial lamb. And you believe in him, but at the same time, don't forget that he has he comes with his his own uh, baskets full of what bread, bread and fish. Remember, he spoke to the Pharisees. You know, uh, our fathers ate in the wilderness, except they're dead now. But no, there's a different bread. He was speaking of himself, the bread of life. Love passages like this when you have this backdrop of the Old Testament and you read the New Testament, you're like, wow, that reminds me of this. And then you read, and you're like, wait a second, you know, here you have this leadership, how they're making their offerings, and it's in service in the tabernacle, the benefactors of the people for the advantage of the people. And what about in Jesus Christ? As high priest in the order of Melchizedek, but then at the same time, also the line of the tribe of Judah. And his baskets. And so we continue reading. And it's still in chapter 7 of Numbers. We continue reading in verse 85. 
Each silver platter weighed 130 shekels and each bowl 70 shekels. All the silver of the vessels weighed 2,400 shekels according to the shekel of the sanctuary. The 12 gold pans full of incense weighed 10 shekels apiece according to the shekel of the sanctuary. And the gold of the pans weighed 120 shekels. All the oxen for the burnt offerings were 12 young bulls, the rams 12, the male lambs in the first year 12 with their grain offering, and the kids of the goats as a sin offering, as a, as a sin offering 12. And the oxen for the service for the sacrifice of peace offerings were 24 bulls, the rams 60, the male goats 60, and the lambs in their first year 60. This was their dedication offering for the altar after it was anointed. Now when Moses, in closing, now when Moses went into the tabernacle of meeting to speak with him, he heard the voice of one speaking to him from above the mercy seat that was on the ark of the testimony from between the two cherubim. Thus he spoke to him. You see what's so beautiful here? I mean, there's so many things that are beautiful here. But here you have the fulfillment of the blueprints. Do you remember before the golden calf in Exodus? In Exodus chapter... Twenty-five, verse 21, the Lord is speaking to Moses on the mountain and he's in the cloud and it's just him and Moses, this beautiful time of intimacy. And in chapter 5, Exodus, or, or ch Exodus chapter 25, verse 21, he says, you shall put the mercy seat on top of the ark and in the ark you shall put the testimony that I will give you and there I will meet with you and I will speak with you from above the mercy seat from between the two cherubim which are on the ark of the testimony about everything which I will give you in commandment to the children of Israel and here in our passages number seven we see the fulfillment of that the Lord is speaking to him right there right there when Moses went into the tabernacle of meeting and I think it's so incredibly beautiful because when you consider the fact that the Lord gave blueprints to Moses and Moses in obedience did exactly what he was told. And even still in this passage in number seven, doing exactly what he was told. And now the Lord is speaking to him. I mean, continues to speak with him. And you see this beautiful example of obedience. And what about in your intimacy with the Lord? Your oneness with the Lord when you read his word and then you're on your knees and you're praying before the Lord. What about your intimacy with the Lord? How the Lord has these promises in his word? How he comforts you with his word? But then what are those things that he tells you that gives you hope? I mean, we have hope in Christ, but, you know, even more hope, sometimes specific for this, for that, for this. And you pray for individuals, pray for people in your family, pray for your coworkers, pray for your friends, pray for your teammates, your colleagues, your, you know, your uh, fellow students, whoever you are, wherever you are. You pray for people around you, your neighbors. And you continue in this intimacy with the Lord and the Lord is giving you blueprints, instruction and righteousness. Why? Because the word of God teaches us. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. 
and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. You see, what about the blueprints that the Lord gives you from his word? And the Lord gives you these blueprints out, the instruction in righteousness. But then at the same time, it's not without purpose. Yes, there's purpose behind it. Look at the blueprint. I mean, how far we've come. We're in number seven. And do you remember? It was a lot, many, many moons ago, we were in Exodus 25. You know, and in Exodus 25, all of a sudden you start to see like uh, how the Lord starts to give Moses in his time period of intimacy blueprints. And you know what's so beautiful about the faith of Moses, the faithfulness of Moses? Is that he comes down the mountain, he meets with Joshua, and then he, him and Joshua go down the mountain, and then they go down the mountain, and what do they see? The golden calf. And even with that experience, even with that jolt to the system, they remained faithful. They remained obedient unto the Lord. And the Lord was faithful. But you see, their faith, their obedience unto the Lord. They're leaders in the camp of Israel. And this isn't reserved for just the leadership. What about you? Be of good cheer because, you know, the Lord is giving you his blueprints from his word. And then all of a sudden you can be like Moses where it's like, wow, Lord, you know, you have your intimacy with the Lord. And whatever, you know, you open your eyes from prayer and then you go into the world. And you're like, wow, Lord, wow, there's golden calves everywhere. But even still, the Lord has given you hope. And in obedience unto him, it's like you're just conducting your life in obedience unto him. And then all of a sudden, certain things start to happen. Promises start to be fulfilled. It happens. It happens. I don't really talk about it personally because I want to teach the Bible. You know, I don't, I don't want to teach, you know, like, you know, oh, this is what happened in my life, this, that. You know, I, I got to teach the word. But if we were to sit down and just have a cup of coffee, you know, you tell me your testimony. I tell you my testimony. We talk and look at what the Lord has done. I might mention some things. That would probably blow you away. But I'm called to teach his word. I'm not going to teach, you know, all these, you know, other things that, you know, sometimes people get into crazy town. They start teaching. Oh, yeah, the Lord told me this. The Lord told me this. The Lord told me this. And they're not teaching the word. So I don't speak about those things a lot. But if we were to have like an intimate time together, I would share these things. I would tell these things to, to help you in your walk. So that you can understand. I meant. I had no, I never wanted to be a pastor. I never wanted to teach the Bible. That was never in my plans. Never. And yet, here we are. You see, that's what I'm talking about. You have no idea what your future holds. The Lord does. And he's given us his instruction in righteousness. Remember, in our, uh, our, our study in uh, Romans 8, predestination, whom he foreknew he predestined, pro orizo, to be conformed to the image of his son. But yes, to understand that we still need to listen to the, the instructions within the predetermined destination, the pro orizo. And that's what you do. That's what I do. And we encourage one another. We help one another. 
when we walk with the Lord. And I wonder if Moses, at this particular moment, if he just had an extra moment of, wow, this is so sweet. Wow, Lord, your name is like honey on my lips, Lord. You're just so good to me, Lord. Because now in fulfillment, just like he heard on the mountain from the Lord, that yes, you're going to build this, build this, these are the blueprints, and I'm going to speak with you here. And now in verse 89, in number 7, you see it happening. Moses went into the tabernacle of meeting to speak with him. He heard the voice of one speaking to him from above the mercy seat that was on the ark of the testimony from between the two cherubim. Thus he spoke to him, exactly as the Lord had told him. Praise be to the Lord. A lot of verses, but a short study. God bless you guys. I love you guys.